Let us pray. Father, I'm grateful for your word. I'm grateful for this season. Help us now to begin our season well. Um, be with us. Grant us your, be with me as I speak now. Grant me your blessing. May, you, may I say what you would have me to say, and may we hear what you would have us to hear, and do what you would have us to do. In the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Um, Father Phil was supposed to preach this morning, but when he, he just now started feeling badly and uh, had to leave, uh, so uh, I'm going to say a few words this morning, um, but we can be in prayer for him. He just felt very weak and needed, needed to go. So it is the first season of Advent, first day of Advent. And one of the things I've always loved about this first Sunday of Advent is our collect for the day. This is one of truly one of the great collects of our, our Christian year. Let me read that again. And if you were listening during our, uh, God, our epistle reading, you'll know where this collect comes from. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day He shall come again in His glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead. We may rise to life immortal through Him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I love that very opening bit. Give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life. And that, of course, comes from our Romans uh, 13 reading uh, this, this morning where Paul says those very, very words. Um, he says, we know that the hour has come. And, uh, and he's re referring to the, the end of all things or, or the end of the world as we know it. God has begun by creating this world. The world has rejected God as God and fallen. And God has begun to recreate the world. And he does so throughout the Old Testament. We see the workings of God through time beginning to, to bring his people to himself and to call out a people for himself. And it's all the Old Testament is working up to Christ. And Christ comes and he fulfills the Old Testament and begins that work. And now we enter into this time where the epistle writers, they often talk about now's the time. We're preparing ourselves. Now's the time. Now's the time uh, that, that Christ is coming. And uh, we're in the last days. And there's sometimes there's confusion. We say, well, been last days for 2,000 years now, right? It, was it really the last days? Were the epistle writers wrong? And I think what we read that as is the epistle, the epistle writers inspired by the Holy Spirit recognizing the fact that God's work is in its last stage, right? Christ has come. We now know what we did not know before, that we have a Savior who's come. He died. He rose again. And now we see what he has done for us. We see how the redemption is taking place. And we see that we indeed are with him. We will be raised again with him. And we look forward to that coming again of Christ. They say in the Old Testament, the, 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 the people looked forward and saw the coming of Christ. And they, they couldn't distinguish much between the first coming and the second coming. So sort of looking at, a, at two mountain peaks in the distance. And they look like they're right beside each other. And then you get closer and you realize, oh, they're, they're farther apart than they thought. So in the Old Testament, there was sort of that distance, and they thought, oh, well, they only saw sort of the one coming. Now we realize what Christ has done, 
and that he will come again for our sakes. And so to the epistle writers say, all right, Paul says, cast away now in this hour, now that we have received light, now that we know, cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And this is a time in Advent. We should be doing this all the time. This should be, this should be normal life. But in the penitential seasons of Advent and Lent, we take special care to remember things that maybe through the everyday life we, we have forgotten. To, to, to really intently look, come before God and say, God, where do, am I holding on to the works of darkness? Where am I blocking out? The, the, where have I not put on the armor of light? Where am I blocking out light? And so we open ourselves to God and ask Him, show us, show us what, what needs to be cast away. And I encourage you during this Advent season to be doing that. To be coming before God and saying, as, with as much honesty as I have before you, knowing that I still there are things, knowing that I will fight against it, knowing there are things that I want to cling to. What is it, God? What is it in me that is a work of darkness that needs to be cast out? So let me, let me just give you an encouragement on doing that. Some things I've thought about that I hope to do during this Advent season. One of the, one of the great um, ways that Satan keeps us from doing that very thing is through the very simple means of distraction. Distraction is one of the greatest hindrances to our being present before and with God. What distracts you? What distracts you from worship? Can I suggest one that is pretty prevalent? That is, this, this is so commonplacely said to be almost trite. But let me suggest one, one thing that is a distraction that we should put away during Advent. This is a distraction. Put it away. Put it away during Advent. This is not an anti-technology rant. I'm grateful for technology. Technology is good. It's, it's saved lives. But it is also a source of great darkness. Be careful. And it is so easy to be distracted. So easy to be distracted with things that are not bad. With the things, it is possible to do very bad things on here, right? That's, can I be honest? That's not my great temptation. I don't do bad things online. I just spend a lot of time doing things that are useless, eating a lot of candy, right? Things that are not healthy. They're not bad, right? But they're just not good. And I waste time with that. With information, right? We live in an information age. We live in a time where we are supposedly can have information at the, just the, at the, it's just readily there, right? All of it is coming to us. Why do we need to know all things right now? Why? Why do we need to know the latest thing that happened anywhere in the world? We don't. We don't. There are a couple reasons why we are pressured to do so. I think, well, Maybe. One, because society just wants us to, right? It, it, we can, so why not? So you should. You need to be up to date. You need to be up to date. No, you don't. No, you don't. 
I think maybe there is also the pull of needing to be God. God knows all things. And we are reaching a point where we think we think we can at least have access to all knowledge. It is a lie, but we think we can. We don't need to know the latest thing that happened. And so we're just piling up information. At our, our synod convocation recently, this sort of thing was, was part of the, the topic. And the speaker was talking about a friend of his who had gone to this, um, gone to this convention and Bill Gates was speaking. And this is not, an, this is not necessarily an anti-Bill Gates. This is just, Bill Gates was saying that there is, they're coming up with new technology that will give us more information even faster. Right? Even faster. We can consume more information even faster than we do now, and this was a good thing. And a, a guy who, who seemed to be from India and Pakistan, that area, raised his hand and asked the question, how can I help the people in my village slow down? In my village, how can, I, how can I help them slow down? To which there was not a great answer. We don't, it is the slowing down that, is, that will be more healthy for us. It will be more healthy for us to remove distractions. Not only do we not need to have the latest information, we don't even that, we certainly don't need the latest opinion on the latest information. Even if you have found, found that rare soul who has, whose opinions are pure gold on every... Even if you found that person, right? You don't even need to know that right now. What you need is to be in the presence of God. You don't need to have information. You need to be in proper relationship with the one who knows all things. Not just information. Not just knows what's happening. But knows why it's happening. And how it's happening. And what should be done about what's happening. You will not be wise by piling up information. You will become wise by pursuing God. Do that. Put aside the things that will distract you from doing that. That is what I'm speaking to you, what I have spoken to myself over the past weeks. Because this is what I need. Set aside those distractions. Cast away the works of darkness. Maybe those things in and of themselves aren't dark, but we use them to distract us from God and the worship of God, and they become dark. They put us into darkness. The more we do it, the more I find that we are anxious, right? The more information we have, the more anxious we become because we are frail and immortal, and immortal, and we do not know what to do with that much information. It is too much for us. Put it aside. Receive it. If you want to receive it, receive it. And then give it to God and say, God, you, you know, let me spend time with you. Now, I, I'm not saying that you should just ignore the world around you. Let me tell you, when you decide to put, things, put all the latest information aside, if something really important happens, I promise you, I promise you, you will find out. You, you will find out. You, if you live in the world with people, you find out what goes on. You will find out. Um, so I would encourage you, set aside distraction. Maybe technology is not your distraction, but I'm betting Satan has found out what is. What is your distraction? And he will, he will in, intentionally push that on you. He will push that on you. And you have to learn to put on the armor of light against, against the works that are, against those things that distract us. Noise, right? 
There's a great quote that if I were Father Phil, I would just remember it, and I don't remember it. But I will bring it, I will bring it again in probably another... But there's a, in, in Screw Tape Letters, there's a great passage from um, Screw Tape. If you don't know Screw Tape Letters, it is a book that C.S. Lewis wrote in which it's the letters between a, two demons, right? And there's a, a young demon who's been assigned to sort of care for a, a, a person on earth, a man... And there's a, an older demon a, a, who is writing him letters saying, all right, here's how you keep this person from knowing and loving God. Right, here's, here's ways that you can keep this person. And a lot of it is what I'm saying. Like, here's distractions you can give him. Here's things you can do that can keep him from, from knowing and loving God. And um, he gets to a point where he says, where the, the man has become interested in a young lady who's a Christian. And the, the older demon says, oh, this is bad. This is bad because the young lady's family is a very godly family and we have a hard time dealing with them. And there's, there's very few things worse than a very good godly family. This is just terrible that he's getting involved with, with this good family. And he says the only, the only things worse than a good family are good music and noise. Noise. He says, he says our father in hell, the, the Satan, has been working for generations to fill the world with noise. With noise. And he says there's never been a time in the infernal regions where noise has not been prominent. Noise. Music and silence. Music and silence are the things of heaven. Distraction. Noise. Set these things aside during Advent. Sit in silence for a while. My family is going to do that literally. We're going to take time during the week where we sort of take a Trappist vow of silence. No one's allowed to talk. No one in the household is allowed to talk for a period of time. Unless there's an emergency and you need to go to the hospital. Now we will do that during the youngest nap time, right? (laughs) Because I'm not going to be able to tell Henry that he can't talk. But we're going to do that. We're going to take time where no one's allowed. And it's not not just silence. We'll enter into the time with prayer. And I will encourage all of us who are there to spend the time before God, reading the word, praying. Spend time in silence before God. I encourage you to do that as well. Set aside distraction, set aside noise, and be silent and present before God in this Advent. And ask Him, God, in this silence, show me what are the works of darkness. Help me know how to set that aside. Give me, not just to know it, but give me the grace and strength to take it and set it aside. Because I, left to myself, I won't do it. Noise is one of the things. When I ride in the car, I like to listen to things, right? And I just listen to radio. And, and often it's, 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 it's sort of that useless information that's just there. And then the occasion, I'll say, you know what, I need to pray. So let me turn off the radio. And there's that moment of silence, and it's beautiful. And I think, man... This is so beautiful. It's just silent, and I can spend time with God. Why don't I do this more often? And I'll do it for a while. And then I find, what is my next instinct after 10 minutes of it? To reach and push that button and turn the radio back on. Left to myself, I can recognize my need. Left to myself, my instinct will always be to push that button. I need help. I need help with the grace of God. Not just to recognize my need, but to overcome the works of darkness. So, spend time in silence.
asking, God, what are areas in my life where there are works of darkness? What needs to be cast aside? And then when he shows you, ask him, God, give me grace. Do I need to go to someone else, another believer, to ask for help for this? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. With my own use of my phone, I have tried for years to stop just instinctually reaching for my phone. And so at one point, finally, I had to go to my wife and say, can you put a block on the apps that I don't need that will just give me useless information that, so I can't access them? I can't access email. I can't access web browser just so I don't waste my time because left to myself, I wasn't strong enough not to waste my time. Do we need help? Do we need help? Ask God. Can you help me overcome this distraction, this noise? And is there someone I can, if I can't do it myself, is there some, another believer that you can, I can go to and say, can you help me with this? Can you keep me accountable? Can you help me overcome these things? I encourage you during this Advent season to be doing that. Be quiet. Be quiet before God. And seek his help to cast away the works of darkness. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Seems like